This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host of Rotowire, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host of Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right, Liz. Um, I have a bunch of different like events to do and prepare for for the holidays, so switched it up with you, switched nights this week, and I appreciate you uh, changing for me. So how, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, I'm getting ready. I'm going to London on Friday, and I'm kind of excited about that. And then going to Wales, coming back here for New Year's. A little bit hectic, but things are uh, pretty good for me. Cool. We um, went four and one in the super contest. Um, I will say our one loss was the one I fought the hardest for the bills. Super ah. annoying. Uh, I mean, we were on, on the other picks. They all felt right. Uh, your Colts was just as, I mean, it was great. I mean, the narrative worked, uh, the bills, man, they did win the game. Robert Foster. I pegged the top 30 guy. My rankings used him in DFS, but ultimately it doesn't matter. And I, I apologize. And I told you, I mentioned this last week. Uh, I do another thing with my friend. If you if you go five and zero, oh, you win a couple grand probably each week, and um, in a pool depending on how many you tie with. And I blew it. We use the same picks, and uh, so the Bills thing. I apologize, and I, I don't plan on making the same mistake this week. All right, that's that's owning it. I took the Bills also. I, I didn't take the Lions, but I just I just didn't feel good about it. Like I just the Bills are a weird team. Anyway, it, we it's no big deal. It's, we're four and one. If we go 10 and 0, I think we might win that last 3 week thing. I think if we go, you know, it's we just got to go 10 and 0 basically. I actually, and I actually feel good about this this week. You know, I'm tired of taking I taking I decided I've been taking too many favorites and there's so much uncertainty in the league. I'm just really really going to go dog heavy and I I like this week even though we're doing it earlier with less information. So I think we can. Uh, let's see if we can come to an agreement on on 5. So I went 11-4 and 1 against the spread last week. I think I'm up like 124 and 92 or something crazy. Yeah, I don't know exactly what really it is, good. but I need uh, two more good weeks. I need to go like 20 and 12, finish it out strong. I haven't had a, a good year like this against the spread since like 12 years ago. So I have this, this new method I'm doing actually has really helped me. And it's a little bit, it was partly because like I was talking with Rufus Peabody when he was in Lisbon and, and I started to realize that he was the real deal because he was betting so much on his picks and I never took the Massey Peabody model seriously because I don't really take models that seriously. But if someone's betting lots of money on them, like his own money and not selling the picks to other people, it tends to open my eyes and be like, oh, this guy's not, he's not fucking around. So I, I, one of the things he, he did, and he doesn't do it by design, but he just takes like all kinds of favorites. And his picks are not the, the sharp picks, like the, oh, it's the home Monday night dog. Oh, it's the team nobody wants. Oh, it's got to be the sharp money on this side. It's never like that. It's just some completely detached you know valuation model and when i saw like the teams he was picking was always teams that were like that's the squarest pick ever how's he on that side and it just helped me just get free of the whole sharp square who wants this nobody would take this that that's all just noise maybe that used to work for me in 2002 when 
there's less information out there and there really were sharps and squares, but now it's just, I got to just make the lines myself, see where it diverges from the real line and pick the ones I want. It's, and it's, you know, maybe it's just a short-term <clears throat> anomaly, but man, it's, it's just so much better to be out of that prison of uh, sharp and square. Well, like I said, I feel better about my picks as well, other than not having the same success as you're enjoying late in the season, as you are, aside from that small little deal. But let me, I will say that, first off, Rufus, I have enjoyed both of his recent segments. I've caught on, on your XM show, and I hope he continues. Having said that, I went with him, his first, his first pick in a bowl game, because I know nothing about college, and right. I heard him. And so I, I lost bad. Um, I forget, I think it was against Appalachian State. Um, but that was a one-game sample, and I've written down the ones he said today, and I will uh, use him moving forward as well. So it's giving me so I'm in a couple confidence pools and and other things, and I'll bet on the bigger bowl games. But yeah, I um, I hope I hope he I hope you're right with him because I'm I'm using him for college. Uh, and uh, so am I. I listening to him on your college. show. Last year I used like a hybrid of his picks and some stuff on RotoWire, and I actually finished second in Brad's pool or third, and I got 25 bucks back. Now I'm 0-5 in that pool, so I'm, you know, I'm not going to – probably won't win this year, but there's a lot of games left, and, uh, yeah, I, I would way rather use his picks than – I mean, I don't have any basis. I don't know. I can't name, like, three college players. So so uh, let's, let's go – you want to go through these picks, or you want to talk about anything else? You know, I mean, we should probably mention Laura Michaels, very sick, might – by the time this is published, might have passed away, and, you know, it was a friend of both of ours, a guy that, you know, we'd see it, uh, you know, labor and tout and go out and get uh, – food with we'd go out and get like chinese food with him or whatever thai food in vegas and you know he was like uh, a fun guy to hang out with and a, a good person and it's very sad so just mention that that uh, i know a lot of people who uh you know in our industry know him and, and like him i love laura michaels he's been super nice to me ever since i was in the industry didn't have to be i love that guy and i hope he's hope he's okay that's devastating news that i just found out before we started recording this and this Awful, man. I You'll be missed if I don't see you at the next labor. So I really hope you recover. Um, yeah, this horrible news, man. It's just been rough, rough, rough times right now. Um, how, um, yeah, let's let's go to the games list. I don't really know how to seg- segue other than that. You, are you in any fantasy playoffs or, or anything that, that, I was. that is noteworthy? I was, not anymore. You know, I, I have to laugh, man. You know, the, the Keenan Allen, Aaron Jones team that lost Kareem Hunt, that was the number one mm-hmm. seed. I, I honestly, like I've, I talked about this last week or maybe it was with Jeff or somebody, but the more I play fantasy football, the less I care. I mean, of course I want to win and win money. And of course I'm trying, but I set my lineup. I make my pickups. I, you know, I do the, I do the due diligence and then let the chips fall. It's just too, it's too ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, you, I mean, come on. I, I got literally 0.8 points from Aaron Jones and Keenan Allen combined of course I'm not going to win. You know, it's like my high scoring, this is an, I was in a one seed and my high scores were Justin and Lamar Jackson. Those are my high scores. Those are the only yeah. guys who even scored double digits for me. So, you know, again, I don't feel bad for myself. I'm just like, it is what it is. And some years I'll be on the right side of that. Some years I'll be on the wrong side of it, but just do your waivers, make your pickups, set your lineups, forget it. I honestly, if fantasy is just, the more you do, the more professional you get. You know, the more, the less like, I kind of miss the days when I was like living and dying with my guys. I just, I, I care more about the handicapping in a lot of ways because the handicapping, I was talking to Jeff about this. There's such a clear benchmark, right? If, if I'm doing 58% for the year, 55% for the year, I know how good that is. If my best bets are crushing it at 58% for five or 10 years, that's good. If I'm at 48%, I know that's bad. Fantasy teams, it varies so much. There's so much luck. There's so much 
oh, who did you get? Who did you pick up? Who did you know? You had Le'Veon Bell or Fournette, or it's just so you know, it's a 14 team, it's a 10 team. You know, this guy you were playing got hurt. The, the team you were playing against had two injuries, so you moved on and then crushed it in the next game and then lost in the last. I mean, it's so to me, it's just too hard to to gauge. So you just you just do the work and just start to let it go. Whereas I'm I'm like punching my desk when I'm watching these games against the spread. You know, some of these ticky-tack pass interference calls and stuff like the Panthers-Saints game. Like, I'm getting so pissed, but I, I actually care more about this. And I do hear you. Um, I mostly had a mostly disastrous season-long fantasy year, although this the fishbowl, it's like a, a real fun industry league that featured, I think, no more than 950 people. I'm in the finals, which is just down to 15 of us. And that is thanks to... Derrick Henry and Damian Williams, you know, I mean, it's what, what silliness, you know, I mean, it's so I had Michael Thomas and George Kittle do nothing this week yet. Those two other guys blew up. So yeah, I just, I hear you totally. And I'm certainly with you, the gambling and, and, and well, uh, that carries over to DFS as well. So let's, let's do this week 16. Um, we need five and oh, there's no Thursday game, which I did not realize immediately, but so there are two Saturday games. I love that. Um, more football. I don't get people to complain about more football, but, uh, Saturday, uh, afternoon, Washington getting 10 points in Tennessee. Yeah, I made this line five and a half, and I thought it would be six and a half, and I'd be like narrowly on Washington, like, okay, uh, they're pretty bad, but the Titans will play close to the vest. When I saw it was 10, I was like, dude, what the fuck? What kind of line is this? It's like so obvious. Like, how could you lay 10 with the Titans? Yeah, Washington plays solid defense. The over under in this game is 37, so that's a lot of points. Uh, Josh Johnson has been well, competent enough, so I'm with you. That's a lot of points. I, I took him. Uh, Saturday I can, night. Saturday I consider. Night. I would Go consider ahead. them. I'm not like wedded to it, but because you know, maybe Vegas knows something. You know, maybe something I'm missing here. But it just seems obvious. Like the Redskins' defense is good, and they're going to try to smash this on the ground. They're not going to take a chance. I just, you know, Josh Norman will check Corey Davis. I don't know that. I don't think. Henry will run over the Redskins, and I think it'll be where, tight. Where, where would you rank whereabouts uh, Derrick Henry among running backs this, this week? I don't know. I have to, you know, I don't do the weekly rankings, and I'd have to have the whole slate in front of me to like go one by one. So I have no idea, but probably you know when a PPR, non PPR. I mean, it all depends too. Yeah, it's wild though. He has uh, what he's done lately, just going crazy, and this really is another plus matchup. I mean, I Washington has been getting. I, I mean. I hear you're saying Tennessee does not jump out to me as a team that would run away with a big win, so I feel you. But Henry, it's also such a buy low, sell high. Also, the Redskins' run defense was good. It got run over by Saquon Barkley. It didn't get run over by the Jaguars, though. No, no, it did not. You're right. I'm acutely aware of that. Um, Saturday night, Baltimore, uh, four and a half point dogs in L.A. or San Diego, as you like to say. Yeah, I, keep, I give myself five years to say San Diego without anybody being like, oh, you said San Diego. You know, it's like, dude, yeah, I fucking said San Diego. I got five years, and they probably <laughs> wouldn't even be in L.A. by the time. There's no point in learning. It's like learning a language in a place that you're leaving. So I'm saying I, I had this line of three and a half. I guess it'd be four and a half. It actually is four and a half. I, I like the Ravens. I think the Chargers are actually a good deal better, but they don't have a lot of home field. And... They just had a huge win against the Chiefs. And uh, I think that the the Ravens' style is just really hard on teams. Uh, you know, the Chargers are such a good pass defense. And I think that helps slow down the Chiefs. 
but it doesn't really help you against the Ravens, and they just bludgeon you. And it's just a hard style to deal with, and their defense is good. And the Chargers, you know, they have Tyrell Williams, who they don't really use, and Travis Benjamin, who they don't use. But besides those two guys, no one's really taking the top off the defense for them. So I think the Ravens are uh, going to hang around in here. I'm, I'm taking Baltimore. But no Keenan Allen possibly could hurt as well. You're breaking up on me a little bit, dude. Uh, I didn't take them up. Dumbly did not take them last week against the Chiefs. But um, I'm with you here, and I'll take the points. Such a good defense, Baltimore. So four and a half, too. So taking the dog. Okay. Can you hear so, me now, Liz? Yeah, I, I heard you just say that. Yeah, that, that last part. I don't know why your internet is so bad. But um, I, I record video and multiple podcasts um, on other venues all week long. All week long, and there's never a problem. So, But I love that it is always mine, though, according to you. I do, I do love that, though. But. It is, it's obviously you. I, I just, I've been having no problem with Jeff or anybody else. And speaking of learning new languages, you said, are you going to do that by yourself or, you know, over there? Yeah, I, I told you, we're waiting on this tax thing that's, you know, still kind of coming through. I think it's going to happen in the next month or so. And once we get the green light for that, but I'll probably in January just start taking actual lessons. I, I can speak like at a restaurant and stuff. And, you know, the, the stuff that I deal with, which is basically ordering at a restaurant, I can communicate decently. But if I'm like, someone stops me on the street to ask directions in Portuguese, forget it. But if I'm in you're a restaurant, very, you're a very smart guy. I'm surprised. I don't know. I'm just surprised you haven't already picked it up more. I mean, you got to try. You know, I did these like online things. You got to like take yep. classes and have conversations. The reason I haven't picked it up is not my fault. I'm going to blame the Portuguese. They all speak English. Most, I mean, most of them speak English pretty well, much better than I would speak Portuguese for quite a while. So. You know, it's like you're, you're somewhere and you could like try to muddle. And if you just had no choice and like you just couldn't even get by, you'd learn it quick. But they all speak English. So you're like just, they're speaking to you in English. So it's, you can't force them to speak Portuguese when it's going to like delay the transaction that you're trying to do. All right. Makes sense. Um, let's go to the, uh, the Sunday games. Uh, I hate the But I am going to try. I'm gonna, I am going to do it though. I'm going to do it. Because I've never really, okay. I speak a tiny bit of French, but I've never been fluent in another language and I, that would be a good thing yeah i assumed you would i mean obviously i assume you'd be a fast learner there are nine morning game slates which is annoying as someone who watches the game mix it holds eight game screens and only three in the afternoon the first one tampa bay seven point dogs in dallas who do you got list i made the line in this game seven and a half so i guess i got dallas i don't love it dallas is kind of like tennessee they don't really blow you out of the water but yep. I like that they just got shut out, and now suddenly they've got to take this game seriously again because you know, they haven't locked up the division. They haven't locked up a playoff spot. They're at home. And so I think it's a, a pretty good spot for them. But Tampa's not – they're not a total doormat anymore. I think it's about the right line, but at seven, I'm probably taking Dallas. What about you? Uh, agree that it's the right line. I took the points. Um, I know I've complained about this before. This, the Tampa Bay knocking out the Saints in Survivor Week 1. But that's their only road win all season. Maybe more annoying is they going to finish with their only road victory of Saints uh, that Week 1. But um, seven points is a lot. And for a Dallas team, who like, typically would probably just run it when they're playing with the lead. But I, don't, I would not want to um, tentatively taking the points. Next one, Buffalo. Uh, the spread has jumped around a little, but right now getting 12.5 in New England. Yeah, I made this 13.5. And I, I really jumped around. I was, first, I was like, I'll make this 10 and a half. I mean, the Bills, the Patriots aren't that good. But then I was like, nah, they've come off two straight losses. They're going home. Yeah. They're so yeah. much better. 
They know the Bills. I don't know. It's probably a sucker side, but I, I was going to lay the wood on 13 or 12 and a half. I just thought it's a spot where the Patriots will thump them. Usually that's wrong when you think that the spot is obvious, but it's such a big line. I knew the line would be big. I guess it would be 13 because I just was like, people are going to expect the Patriots to crush. It's probably, I got to think about it. I'm not like, I may even change this one. The Bills are definitely the value play. It's just that whether the situational play is so strong that you override that. Yeah, coming off the back-to-back losses, I laid the wood here too. I mean, they they covered this 14-point win at home against the Vikings, 14 points against the Packers, 14 points against the Colts. I mean, they are pretty uh, different beast at home. So uh, uh, I did lay the wood here, but I do hear you about the value. Um, next up, uh, this spread I don't even know what to make of. So uh, um, it's Atlanta getting now two and a half in Carolina. I believe before the game was played Monday night, the Panthers were favored by four and a half. And um, so assuming Newton plays, I don't really know what this is, but the, the, it's moved two points. So get, now Carolina's getting less than a field goal. What do you think, Liz? Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw it at four, but yeah, I'm sure I knew it was going to move down. I guess it'd be one and a half, and maybe it'll settle there. I made the line of pick them, so I like the Falcons. I, I saw Cam play, and I was like, this guy, shut him down. I mean, he just cannot throw a forward pass. I could throw a better ball than Cam could on Monday. It was just it was embarrassing. I mean, he just could not complete a pass. And the only good throw in the game was from Christian McCaffrey. It was, it was just unbelievably bad. So you never know. I mean, sometimes guys, you'll think there's something wrong and they'll bounce back. But if he's in that state, give me the Falcons. Yeah, if they don't shut him down, I actually really like Carolina here. I'm guessing a lot of people have the same thought process you did because it did look ugly. He could barely complete a forward pass downfield. But having said that, they were right in that game and nearly beat a really strong Saints team, whereas this Atlanta team coming off a big – Victory themselves are soft and horrible. Panthers that were, I think, five and one at home before that recent loss to the Saints. So uh, less than three. I actually kind of like going ugly with Carolina there. Jacksonville is four and a half point dogs in Miami. Yeah, I made this line five and a half. I don't really feel strongly about it. Um, this is a game I wouldn't touch. They're two just very weird teams this year. I took the Dolphins because I felt like Tannehill was an NFL quarterback and Kessler might not be, but. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dolphins are a shaky team, and Jacksonville, you never really know what kind of effort they're going to bring on a given week. But I laid the wood. I just took the points, but that was only because I didn't want to be overly bitter at myself because they just killed me last week. I hyped Leonard Fournette. I ranked him highly, used him in DFS. One touch in the second half. They were my lone loser of a five-team teaser. I don't know why I did a five-team teaser, but that paid four to one. And why did I even you take Jacksonville first. last week, dude? Didn't you and see my picks and staff picks? To- they just needed to win. They just needed to win a teaser. So they just needed to win. Roll it to you know down. And uh, I thought that that was a good spot for them. And I was wrong. Kessler, that was just so ugly, relying on quarterback like that. And then Josh Allen and the Bills. I did actually listen to you. I, I threw the Colts in that teaser because of you solely. And I Colts plus four didn't need the need the tease. But anyway, the Jaguars absolutely murdered me last week, and I don't care about this game. So moving on, uh, your your Giants Colts uh, in in Indy. Giants are nine and a half point dogs, which to me seems like a, a ton of points. Like every week, the Giants game, whatever the spread is, it just seems like one of the easiest for me to pick. This week, I'll take those points. Yeah, I mean, the Giants, if you watch that game, it was truly ugly. They were just disgusting. Eli was yeah. terrible. I mean, awful, terrible. And Barkley yeah, that's the one get... game we just, you know, yeah, I got you on that one last week. Tennessee, yeah, t- yeah you, you were a homer on, the, on that last week. No, I, 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 knew, I, knew, I knew that was a bad pick, Tennessee. I, as soon as, I mean, Giants, I... 
I, I, I knew that was a loss. It was dumb because I went 11-4-1, and one, and if I had, I just gave that one away. That was a stupid pick. Anyway, I, I, do, I don't love the Giants here, but I do think that this, is exact, this is an overreaction. Colts are a good team, but they just won 23 nothing. The Giants just lost 17 nothing, So this line is inflated. I think the Giants, especially if Odell Beckham is back and we don't know that yet, you know, they have a puncher's chance against the Colts. The Colts will probably win. They're fighting for pl- playoffs. But I think the, the matchup against Tennessee was just terrible. It was a rainy game, and Tennessee's just a brutalizing physical team, and Eli can't deal with that, and, you know, they shut down Barkley. That, that was just a terrible, terrible bet. But this, I think the Colts are a better matchup for the Giants. Yeah, I think they will, will keep it. Um, <clears throat> I do think they'll keep it close enough. Um, next up, the uh, Houston uh, getting two or one and a half in Philly. Um, I, it would be a buy low if Houston's still high with Philly. Maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of I kind of like Nick Foles as a sleeper fantasy player this week. Houston's so good against the run, susceptible against the pass. And they look good. That offense just, I don't know, they got Alshon Jeffrey the ball. I don't know. I have a Philly lean here, but no real reason behind it. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's so funny when I first saw this line. All the lines are moving the way I said. You know, so it's it's like you're like, oh, good, I, I'm reading this correctly. The market's moving toward me, but it's also bad because it squeezes the value out of what you were going to do. I saw this at uh, Texans minus one, and now you're saying that the uh, te- the Eagles are favored. I made it Eagles. I made it. This is crazy. I made the Texans plus three and a half, as if the Eagles are yeah. the better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought like the real Eagles showed up this week and. I have to say, Wentz was terrible this year, and this has been a huge upgrade. I made a joke on Twitter that everybody was like retweeting, saying every time this is before the game, this is you know they were thirteen point underdogs when that game kicked off, and I took the Rams too foolishly. I tweeted before the game. I said every time Foles comes in and subs in for Wentz, they, the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and then they come and they beat the Rams in Los Angeles, and it's like kind of crazy. And the Eagles have like, according to like some site I saw, have like a forty three percent chance to make the playoffs. So it'd be crazy. It would be insane if that tweet aged well. Probably won't. They'll probably just lose this and that'll be it. But I just don't respect the Texans. I don't think they're that good. The Jets probably should have beat them. And this is the second straight game on the road. And Foles, as you said, he targeted Jeffrey. Carson Wentz has 7.7 YPA last, this year. Last year, it's 7.5. But remember, this year, is the average is 7.5. And last year, the average is 7.1. So there's like inflation. So on an adjusted basis, he actually had better YPA last year. Guess what his completion percentage is this year? Carson Wentz? Yeah. Um, what is it? 60%. It's like 69 it? or something like that. Last year it was like 61. So imagine oh, that. He, wow. had a better yeah, adjusted, right. he had wow. a better adjusted YPA last year with 61% than he does this year at 69%. Well, what does that mean? It means he's uh, throwing the ball not as deep. Yeah, he's dinking and dunking, right? Zach Ertz, Aguilar, it's all shit. It's all garbage. He's basically peak Sam Bradford this year. That's who Wentz has been. And, of course, the Eagles offense doesn't do anything. Of course, he's not throwing all the touchdowns he threw last year. When you're going down the field to Alshon Jeffrey, you're getting stuff done. Yeah, you're going to have a lower completion percentage, but when you connect, it's a way bigger play. And so that Eagles offense was an explosive offense last year. And this year, it's been this like unwatchably boring dunk, dink and dunk fest. So we'll see. It was only one game. And maybe they kind of opened it up because it was the Rams. But if they can attack, you know, suddenly they're back in business. Yeah, uh, Golden Tate's snaps fell a, a lot last week, too. So you want to maybe earmark that one as a possible use? 
Yeah, perhaps. If the Eagles are less than three-point favorites, I kind of like it. Okay. Um, I want to circle back to the Giants. I want to ask you real quick about our guy Barkley, your guy, I should say. Um, I, um, of course, use him in DFS, so watched a lot of that. What are they doing calling these crazy, like, 25-yard outs to Russell Shepard on third and two and second and goal from the one? They're, they're like, shotgunning it or rolling out Manning and, or calling fades. Is, is, is the coaching an issue there? I mean, is it Sherman or is it Eli? Is it a combination? What are your thoughts as a Giants guy? I know that uh, Barkley may not have played well. I heard criticism of him. I know Tennessee's defense is, is stout against the run and all that stuff as well. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Barkley didn't have a good game. Maybe Tennessee's defense is good. I don't know what the hell the Giants are doing. I mean, why aren't they just, I guess Barkley had 10 targets, but why don't you get some easy ones? You know, just a little quick in the flat, get them going. It's like the Rams too with Gurley. You're like, sometimes you're like, dude, just get him some easy ones. Like, let's just, like, it's so easy when it's going. I don't know why they go away from it. I'm not really sure. Shermer's done some weird stuff. There's, I don't think they're going to bring Eli back. There's all these reports, clickbait, like, oh, they're, the, you know, the, the Giants, they're, they're, they don't have good alternatives in the draft where they're picking, and there's no good free agents, and they're going to stick with Eli another year. They keep saying that, but then when I actually hear the quotes from Shermer, they're much more noncommittal. They're just like, I think Eli has good years left in him. You know, they're just like that coach speak that like, of course you're not going to like say, no, he sucks, he's done. Although the Ravens seem to think Flacco's done, which is the right call. Again, I'd, I'd rather them say, like, you know, we're going to have to move on and audition Laletta, and that bothers me that they're not doing that. Why would you take a guy with a fourth-round pick and then not audition him? But I think it's far from a foregone conclusion that Eli's going to be back. And I think I'd bet Eli, even money that Eli is not back. Interesting. I, I would guess that he will be. I, I would bet against. Uh, I would, I, I well, hope, you want to bet 50 bucks um, that, that Eli's not back? I'll bet you 50 bucks. That because um, not because of injury, then you're saying. Um, well, I guess that, it, I mean he's that the week that the yeah. Well, do we say he's not on the roster or that he's not the week one starter? I mean, I, I don't know how he'd have to take some crazy pay cut. I'm going to say let's yeah, just do no, fifty bucks just in good faith. Okay, he's not on the roster. How about that? He's not on the Giants yeah. roster. Eli Manning, they moved on from. I'll do that. Sure. Okay, that fifty then. bucks. Yeah. Uh, problem is when McAdoo, who was hated, sat Eli. There was such an outcry from the fans and stuff. So I think they're trying to ease their way out and be nutless monkeys. They're not just being a real man and being like, you know what? Thank you for your service to the team, Eli, but you know, we're going to have to move on and just take the medicine and let the fan, the dumb fans complain and move on. I think that's, I'm hoping that's what's happening, but I think that's what's happening that they haven't decided yet, but they're going to look at the tape or they're going to be like paying this guy like $23 million or whatever. No, we can't do it. Yeah, this Colts team has been nasty on perimeter receivers and with the banged up or no Odell Beckham. Maybe Manny inches horribly and they get blown out here. All right, moving on. Minnesota, five and a half point favorites in Detroit. Who do you like, Liz? Yeah, I, I hate taking the Lions, but I made it four and a half. I thought it would be four. It's five and a half. I, I think I got to take Detroit at home. They, they've shown up last couple of weeks, beat Arizona, almost beat the Bills in Buffalo, which is a cold weather, nasty game. Play, you know, showed up for that. Galladay got going again. And uh, I just think the Vikings' defense is really legit, but division rival on the road, laying five and a half, I think it's just a little too many. What about you? Yeah, but I am taking the points here. Galladay is such a baller, man. Watching that game as a, as a Buffalo Bills backer, he's, those catches were hard and outdoors, the weather. He's really yeah. good. Minnesota ran like crazy last week. I think with the John D. Filippo fired, they went from like running it 
65% of the time to, to, or sorry, passing it to flipping that to 35%. Not sure it's going to continue, but Detroit's like the slowest team in the NFL as well. Their run D's been better. They traded for Harrison. So I think that's going to be an ugly kind of low scoring game. I'll take the points. Next up, uh, Green Bay. Who knows what the spread is on this? It's about a pick em right now in the Jets because Aaron Rodgers' status is also in question. So what do you make of this one? Yeah, so I had a two and a half, but that minus two and a half, Packers minus two and a half, but that was assuming Rodgers was playing. What would it be if he's definitely not playing? I think the Jets would be favored by, I want to say, six if Rodgers isn't playing. Six and a half? Yeah, who, yeah, who is it? Who is it? Kaiser? Kaiser. Yeah, eh, boy, that's a lot of points. Yeah, probably it would be around six, sure. Okay, like six. Because, you know, the difference, and I was talking about this with actually Rufus Peabody on the XM show today. Like, I think a lot of the drop-off in like the, you know, it's like a seven-point drop-off if it's, or eight, if it's Rodgers and it's Kaiser. But it's like half of that is just because Kaiser just doesn't even know that, he doesn't really have the keys to the offense. He doesn't really know how to, you know, quarterback's not something you just step in. You know, it's not like being a running back where it's like, Oh, yeah, I'm a good running back. Yeah, sure, I've never played in this team before, but I'll go in and rush for 100 yards, no problem. Any running back can step in quite easily if you, have to, you, know, you need to be talented, but like, it's not like you have to learn a huge playbook or anything like that or get in sync with the receivers or something. So I think a lot of the drop-off is just, dude, this guy's supposed to come in. He has no feel, no flow with anything. So um, I think if, if Rodgers were out, it would be like Jets – Minus six and a half. And then if Rodgers is playing, I had it two and a half. This makes sense. About eight point swing between the two. So what are the what do we set the odds at that Rodgers plays? Yeah, not that Rodgers has been killing it this year, by the way. And the Packers, them and my 49ers, only two teams without road wins this season. Right. But I, if Rodgers would play, I, I was playing in this game, I think the Packers are better, and I'd be like the sucker, and I'd, I'd give you know I'd give a point and take Packers on the yeah, road. Of but course. That, that I have it minus like two and a half. I, I have a minus yeah, two and a half if Rodgers plays, uh, and then if he doesn't, I'll say it's. But if it's fifty-fifty, then you got to split the difference, right? And you got to say it's like the Jets should be favored by two and a half, right? Right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Jets by two and a half, and then in that case, I would probably. Uh, I don't see why they'd sit. Philbin even said that football players play. I'm guessing Rodgers plays. If I had, to, if you wanted me to have to bet right now, I'd take the Packers. Yeah, I probably would too, because I. But because because you're not saying it's fifty-fifty, you're saying it's like eighty-twenty that he plays. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Right. right. But even then, they could play and they could still lose. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's not like that would be some crazy... Yeah, no, giving, no, of giving point. Of course. So, yeah. so uh, that's a tough one. I would say I'm not touching that. Yeah, that's not interested in that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Cincinnati, um, it's open at seven, but now they're getting seven and a half in Cleveland. Man, my first instinct was to take the points like I, I was defaulting to the dogs, but then I was going to lay it. Now it's up to seven and a half. I probably still will. 
but don't feel great about Cleveland laying the wood like that. What about you, Liz? I made it seven and a half. So at seven, I was on the Browns. At seven and a half, I got to think about it. So I'm obviously yep. not. I don't have if it's exactly what I said it was. All these lines are moving to where I have them, so it's not helping me. Yeah. So no, it shows how sharp you are originally, though. It, it shows. Show it really does. I'm ahead of the market, ahead of the curve. So now to the afternoon games. This spread is rather shocking. I thought at least uh, Rams giving 14 in Arizona because the Rams have looked so good recently. It has to be right. I, I don't Dude. know. I mean, the Cardinals are awful too, but that, that seems. Dude, I made this line six and a half, and I guessed that it would be eight. I was like, they're going to make it bigger, like eight, but I'm only giving six and a half. You know, I think that the Rams, I was like, if the Rams are favored by less than a touchdown, I was like, they can win by a touchdown. I'll take the Rams then. And I look, and it's fucking 14. I'm like, are you kidding me? 14. It's kind of like the Patriots line. It's like these teams aren't playing well, but you're just like, okay, they're going to come and crush. But the difference is the Patriots at home are... This has been for years they've done this. And the Rams aren't even getting it done at home, and now they're going on the road, and they're laying 14. This is just an insane line. This has got to be, you know, I, of course I'm taking the Cardinals here. I, I could be wrong. This could be one of those like, yep, it's, the more absurd it is, the more you should take it. It could be one of those, but okay, fine. I'll just lose then. You know, it's like I'm not going to do it. You can, you can, sometimes that's the case where this absurd line that you don't understand, that's the right call, but... Uh, I'll let, I'll just marvel at being proven wrong. So I'm going to take the Cardinals for sure. I totally know what you're saying about the such an absurd line back that line. Actually, I, I do know what you're saying in that, and I've done that before. But um, I, I'm yes, we're taking the points here. Um, over the last six weeks, the Rams have allowed the most points in the NFL. The Saints, the fewest. That's that's kind of crazy. I, I don't know what to make of the Rams, and I was going to bring this up earlier, but I think we could just talk about them now. Um, Sean McVay, so I, I get that people make fun of, oh, it's pretty easy to remember 11 names on defense. Maybe he's overrated now. Um, then I'm thinking, man, I don't know. Jared Goff has really played poorly lately last week. really missing some receivers. If Goff hits a couple of those, maybe my thoughts aren't so negative on McVay. Then I read somewhere that the pressures allowed on Goff have gone from like remarkably good to remarkably bad during his bad spell. So should that credit once again be flipped to coaching? And therefore, it's just golf, whatever. He's a machine. You know, he's good when the pressure when the pressure's not there and not when it is. So therefore, it is ultimately coaching. So I'm talking myself in circles. But obviously, teams get more tape. Things change. I've been flowed throughout a season. But it's kind of wild what's happening with the Rams, man. That was such a good spot at home, uh, looking like they were just, you know, a wounded animal against a totally literal wounded animal with the Eagles secondary. And just having that happen was just, just crazy in primetime. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And I got a lot of pushback because I, I had a little XM segment where I was saying, you know, why is McVeigh considered a genius? He hasn't even won a playoff game. I mean, so what? I mean, there's guys who can remember all the names in the phone book. You know, there's literally people who memorize the entire phone book. So what if you remember all the plays from the last five years? I mean, yeah, that's cool. But like, it doesn't make you a good coach. You know, I mean, he's obviously got some creative schemes. So does Andy Reid. So does Sean Payton. So does Matt Nagy. Yeah, he's a creative offensive mind. Give him some credit for that. Everyone thought Chip Kelly was a genius the first year. Remember, the Eagles just were just unstoppable, running that high-speed, high, high-paced attack. And then what happened to Chip Kelly? He was gone in like two years. So maybe McVay at his age can adapt and become a great coach. But people are like, yeah, it's like Belichick and McVay over here and then everybody else. It's like, really? You're gonna well, put no, him- no, yeah, no. 
there were Twitter polls five weeks ago saying, you know, who would you draft first in a you know NFL franchise, a uh, player, Belichick, or McVay were the three options. It's and just, McVay I was mean, like winning in a landslide. I think he won at seventy percent or something. How crazy is that? I mean, Belichick, as a coordinator and coach, has won seven Super Bowls. He's been to ten. How can McVay hasn't even won a playoff game? How do we even know he's that good? Yeah, he's been creative. Yeah, he took a terrible offense and that was run by Jeff Fisher and, and really opened it up and it was great last year. But their offense wasn't that great last year. It's basically been great for like five or six games being in this year. That's all he's done. He's had a, he, it's been good since and it was good last year, but it wasn't like ridiculous. And like, well, look what he did with golf. It's like golf was the number one overall pick. You know, it's not like golf is, golf is maybe a borderline top 10 QB in the NFL and he was the number one overall pick in his third year. That's hardly being the quarterback whisperer. We just got so far ahead of ourselves. Yes, it's, he's a promising coach. Yes, he's done some good things. But we really don't know if he's that good. And, and, and also, coaching isn't just scheme. And he's made some mistakes on down and distance stuff and play clock management against the Packers. He's not like that sharp with some of that stuff. I mean, it's hard in real time. And, you know, some of coaching is motivation, getting your defense to show up, getting guys to play, getting guys to perform well and, and be in the proper roles. You know, how do we know that he even knows how to do that? I mean, I think there's coaches, and I use, uh, Jeff didn't agree with this, but I use Mike Tallman as a coach. He's always doing the wackiest, dumb, down and distant stuff, bad punts, all the stuff, clock management. But I feel like that dude knows how to run a team. Like the team respects him. They mind their gaps. They give an effort. I think part of that's like just a large part of coaching. And it's not just the X's and O's. And so sometimes I feel like, uh, we're getting too caught up. I mean, yeah, you want creativity. You can't have Mike McCarthy who has no creativity, but you also need like the other stuff. And, and the Rams just haven't been good. Look, look who the Rams have. They have Sue and Donald, and now they have Tlaib back. And they it's signed Peter. this whole secondary. Peters, it was supposedly good. This whole secondary, and they got Dante Fowler and Michael Brockers. This whole, you know, it's supposed to be a bunch of monsters, and their defense isn't even good. Well, I, I must admit, I fully was guilty myself of the recency bias. Either I voted for him or I strongly considered it on that aforementioned Twitter poll. But man, I would I feel dumb a few, few weeks later. Yeah, I mean, things can change. And as you said, obviously, Belichick just sets the track record, obviously, and he um, continues to uh, do it. So I, bottom line, we're taking the points here and we're using this, right, in, in the Super Contest. I don't know if we're using it, but it's, we're definitely considering it. It's just one of those that's so weird that something's up. But, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously taking There's no way I'm taking the Rams. There's 0% chance of taking the Rams. Arizona's been really bad, and uh, but they've actually been pretty good against the pass. And um, I, I don't know how bad it gets to run, but Gurley's like, who knows how healthy Gurley is? I mean, that might matter, too. So I, I don't know. If you think – if you're so certain, I, I think that we could strongly consider – that was one of the five picks. I like this I'm one, I'm not too. certain. I'm, just, I'm certain this is the wrong line. I'm not certain that it's the right pick. Yeah. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? That's two different things. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do actually do see what you're saying. Uh, what about the Bears? It's, I liked when it was four and a half, I thought, at one point. But it's four in San Francisco. These 49ers just, I don't know, they're, they're, they're pesky. Who do you like? Leave, the, 40, leave I, the 49ers I, to me because I know this team better than you, man. I've been picking yeah. them as our pick. And... Yep. I, well, made I, this line a, I made this line a pick them, and I guess it would be minus three and a half. I saw it was minus four, even better. The mm. Bears just won their mini Super Bowl. They basically clinched the division, and they beat the team that beats them every single time, the Packers. That is a huge franchise win for the Bears to finally beat the Packers. 
And I just think this is a little bit of a letdown spot on the road, uh, on the West Coast, in the late game. And the Niners are pretty good. I think the Niners, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he gets, I mean, talk about a good coach. I think he's an underrated, I think he may be the number two coach in the NFL. And, you know, he gets Nick Mullins, looks pretty good. And you got Dante Pettis and Brita was playing decently. And, you know, obviously Kittle's a weapon. And they show up, man. And I don't think Trubisky's very good. So I think this is going to be a war. And uh, if I'm getting four in San Francisco, give me the Niners. I would use that one. Just as I planned when I wrote my season preview and had my heart set on on this season, the 49ers peaking late while the Rams were fading, exactly exactly as I foresaw it. Just actually not quite the same. But the uh, it's funny you said that this should be a pick 'em because that's exactly what I was going to say to you. Nick Mullins, 9.1 YPA at home this season. Um, you gave Shanahan a hard time for not getting Kittle the extra five yards in the second half, which is fair enough. But the more I thought about it, I was like read up on that game and, and looked into to the scheming that Shanahan does. He deserves quite a bit of, of credit for getting him the, the, the 200 yards too. Kittle's awesome, a beast, and crushed the measurables. But man, can Shanahan scheme. And he's just, he's just really putting his players position to succeed. And I'm with you here. I, I think we should use the 49ers in, in this one. That's it's a, too many points for a, a shaky offensive team on the road. On the road, yeah. I, it's just it's a bad – and just coming off that win too, I mean, man, I, I'd be surprised. I think it's a pick em. And uh And, you know, the Bears are kind of set where they are. They could pass the Rams, but the Rams, uh, they have a game against the Cardinals, and then I think their last game, I'm not sure who it is, but it's, I think it's the Niners maybe. I don't know. It's The, the Rams, you know, the Bears – Yes, it, Niners, yeah. Oh, right. So, I mean – I think the Bears, it's a long shot that they pass the Rams. I guess they could because they beat the Rams head-to-head. They're only a game behind. So I guess they still have stuff to play for. But most likely they're the three seed. So this is a letdown spot. It, yeah, they could get the two seed. But I, I think if they try hard, they would have, you know, they could still win this game by a field goal. And the Niners are, are right. fine. They're not pushed right. over. I think, down, I think so. it'd be a war and so. the Bears barely win. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, next up should be a fun game, kind of the lone spotlight, uh, late afternoon game by itself. Uh, Pittsburgh getting five and a half or six in New Orleans, over under 53 and a half. I think this is going to be kind of a slower paced, uh, kind of what the Saints did to the, the Panthers. I, I got that wrong and, try, and, and aggressively ranked guys too highly. I think this is going to be more methodical and lower scoring than that over under suggests. Uh, who do you like in, the, in this game list? Ah, man, I took the Steelers. I made it four and a half. I think these are equal teams. I don't think the Saints are that good. Saints' defense is pretty good, but their offense, to me, is unimpressive. Breeze has not played well in like a month. I know he's been on the road I a agree. few games, so that's big. But, I mean, Michael Thomas, I mean, I got a lot of pushback for this. Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, they're all nice players. They're all really good. They're good route runners, good hands, but they're not going to beat you for an 80-yard touchdown. That's Odell Beckham. That's Julio Jones. That's Antonio Brown. That, those are the elite of the elite. These like sort of deep outrunners, these chain movers, they're good. But there's no Ted Ginn there. And you got two really good backs, but they're not having the year they had last year. And so you got Kamara, Ingram, and Thomas. And who? You know, Traquan Smith, where's he been? They're just yeah. not putting up points because they just don't have the weapons. Bizarre. Maybe Breeze is a wizard at home. And he spreads it around to Josh Hill and Ben Watson and Traquan Smith, and they light him up. But the Steelers' defense is good. Steelers, I'm a little worried because Ben has been so much worse on the road. They play worse on the road, and the Saints are so good at home. So that's the one situational thing I don't like. 
And the Steelers also got their big win against the Pats, which means they're probably going to make the playoffs even if they lose this game because they get the Bengals at home week 17. So they really had to beat the Pats last week, and they did. I made it four and a half. I think they're equal teams, basically. They're both good on both sides of the ball. But that I gave the extra point and a half because of the because of the Saints are extra good at home and the Steelers are extra bad on the road. And I guess the line would be six and a half, and now it's around six. I took the Steelers. I wouldn't use this one, though. I think it's too... It's too tight. Michael Thomas and Adam Thielen, two guys that were just tearing the league apart early on and just really kind of fading. They're the similar, playoffs. though, They're those up. two guys. They're both yeah. really good. Yeah. They're good players. But, like, even Thielen gets deep a little bit more. But, like, they're just not, like, I want the guy that's going to take the top off the defense, you know, is, is, my, is my superstar receiver and not just a guy who's going to catch 100 passes and, you know, move the chains. I mean, again, they're really good, but – they're not the elite. And then there's nobody else. Well, speaking of disappointing shootouts, I mean, Pittsburgh, those guys, Juju, they didn't put up much offense in the, in the New England game. But um, I am, too, taking the points here with Pittsburgh, but I don't love it, wouldn't want to use it, because I could see just the home field being the, the true difference maker here. Because um, I, I, it, it yeah, seems exactly. to matter a little bit extra on each of these teams both ways. So Yeah, exactly. So I can see, could see the Saints just like destroying them also, <laughs> just because like, the thing gets rolling and Ben throws a couple picks and it's just... I could see that too. Uh, Sunday night game, good one. Kansas City uh, getting two, sorry, giving two and a half in Seattle. I don't know, giving two and a half. I don't know about that. Um, I, I would take the Seahawks here. What, what about you, Liz? I made it exactly, I made it exactly two and a half. So both teams coming off losses. Yeah, the Chiefs' loss is really bad, though. It was, you know, a home loss that they had sealed up. I, at, at two and a half, I'm probably taking the Seahawks. I, you know, I, I thought it would be three, and then I was definitely taking the Seahawks. I made it two and a half, but a two and a half, I think that's the fair line. The Chiefs are definitely the better team. They're so explosive. Seattle has got a better defense, and their offense is pretty good, and they'll run it. They'll probably run it, you know, right into the teeth of the defense of the Chiefs and push them around. I guess I like Seattle at two and a half, but it's not strong. Yeah, hopefully, uh, Chiefs score strike quicker than usual, forcing Seattle actually have to throw the ball more than their used to and we see some scoring that should be a fun matchup i, I like seattle uh, love it if they get a full three by the time that yeah i like off. it at three um, I, I also think because i think seattle could shoot it out with them with russell wilson and tyler lockett i think they could and baldwin oh, looks yeah. a little healthier baldwin, yeah, baldwin, yeah. they could shoot it out but i think what they want to do is punch them in the face and control the clock and just beat up the defense and keep that defense on the field and then when their defense gets on they're fresh and maybe the Chiefs score quickly or whatever, and then they beat the crap out of the Chiefs defense. And then over time, like, you know, the Chiefs throw a pick or take a sack and have to punt. And then the Chiefs defense is just toast. You know, that's sort of the recipe to beat those offensive teams is just beat the shit out of their defense and just make it so that the offense has no margin for error at all. So both these over-unders are about the same right now as the Pittsburgh-New Orleans game. Which one scores more points? Oh. Definitely okay. Chiefs Seahawks. The Steelers Saints, oh, okay. both defenses are good. Oh, you agree with me? Okay, I totally agree. Okay, totally agree with you. Yes. Put I'll it this way. I set my own over-unders. I made the over-under in Steelers Saints 48, and I made the Chiefs yeah. Seahawks 54. Okay. All right, good. Okay, with you there. Uh, Monday nighter um, should not be as many points on the board. Denver uh, minus two and a half in Oak Town. Yeah, I feel a little shaky on this. I made it three and a half, so I'm taking the Broncos – I think it's a, a get-well spot after, you know, they basically knocked themselves out of the playoffs the last couple of weeks. Raiders won their Super Bowl two weeks ago. As I said, they were going to get crushed in Cincinnati. They did. 
I think the Raiders are scrappy and they'll try to fight this out, but I think that uh, the pass rush will get the car. He'll make some mistakes and uh, the Broncos will be able to move the ball on the Raiders. I'm not like big on it because I think losing Sanders really kind of got the offense out of sync. And I think Lindsey may, you know, do better this week, but I'm going to lay the wood. Yeah, I didn't try to overthink this or go with any narratives. And I just said, Denver, it's less than three. They're a better team due due for a good game. But as we're speaking, I just realized this is the last game ever at the Coliseum, possibly. And that might get absolutely crazy, dude. So that might be crazy if you want to talk of a narrative. So that that could get like an extra police force there. That's the last game ever at that stadium. But but like police um, force, like what do you mean? Like some criminals are gonna like uh, bug the players on the way out. That's that's the last game ever at the Coliseum. That team will be fired up. But actually, Gruden's already talking about it. I actually I hold my uh, the right to to change my mind on this one. But I'm penciling in the Broncos. But in all seriousness, list we we need to come up with five here. And you're you're on a heater here. Definitely having a better season than me. Especially you know late here, you're really hot. Um, I don't have any best bet this week. I think I agree with you on the majority. So where, where are you steering? I'm thinking Niners. Um, I, you're, you're, you're a maybe on the Cardinals. What, what are you thinking? So, I, you know, since it's Tuesday night and not Wednesday, I haven't written staff picks yet. So usually I write being the books. I get another – I do this exercise and I write being the book after I see the lines again and I've slept on it again. And then after writing the article and thinking it through while I'm writing it, I just kind of have a vibe of which, I, you know, like last week was the Colts. Look which one kind of jumps out at me. So I don't have my best bet yet lined up. But I'll tell you the ones that jump out that I like. I like the Ravens. I just feel that the Ravens, I think the Chargers are a great team, maybe the best in the NFL. But I think the Ravens are just a, a horrible team to have to play, especially after a big emotional win. People are like crying, you know, like about beating the Chiefs in Kansas City, like what a huge win that was. I really like the Ravens. That might be my best bet. I'm not sure, but I just love the spot. The Ravens need this game. I, I just think this is... Uh, they're in a good spot. I like the Redskins. I like the Ravens. I like the Eagles a little bit. I like, uh, I can't touch the Giants. I can't. Uh, I like the Niners. I like the Cardinals for pure value. I don't like the spot or the weirdness of it, but I like the value. And I could be talked into the Seahawks, even though the value is not great. So right now I'd be leaning like, like, Redskins, Ravens, Eagles, Niners. Redskins, oh. Ravens, Eagles, Niners, and either Cardinals or or Seahawks. Well, that's great. I'm I'm on board with all those. Yeah, you look at some some power ratings, and the, the Ravens are probably considered an even team with the Chargers. I'd say they're a tough team to no evaluate way. now, though, with the whole with the whole they, quarterback situation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sagarin ratings has them like even with the Chargers this year. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? I I think the Chargers yeah. are better because their their offense is so much better and. Against like a where, where does Peabody where where does Rufus Peabody have them? I bet I, I'm uh, I don't know this week, and they probably haven't updated through this week. Uh, I'm sure the Chargers are probably a little bit ahead of them, but yeah, I just think the Ravens' style of play is so brutal. It's just yeah. uh, Lamar Jackson, as long as he's healthy, it's it's a real weapon. I mean, it's a no brainer that they're moving on from Flacco. Such a no brainer. The Giants should have traded up. You know they 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 were like two picks away from getting Jackson in the second round. That yeah. would have been awesome. Could you imagine we had Lamar Jackson, Saquon, <laughs> and Beckham? And Evan uh, Ingram, no, who runs a 4-4 at tight end, and Sterling Shepard? You know how crazy that would be? And then they picked up Corey Coleman, who was the first pick in the draft two years ago. Like, it would just be sick if they had Lamar Jackson. But, you know, I don't know what kind of passer he is, but he is – to have him and the running backs going, man, it's like, it's like peak RG3 right now. It's 
not quite as good a passer as, as RG3 as a rookie, but it's pretty good. So I like the Ravens. Yeah, so we can wait for the actual lines, which might obviously affect our, our, our deal here. So I'm with you. Washington's the one you feel strongest uh, yourself, I'd say. But no. I'm, I'm totally on board. And, and, and no, I feel strongest so. on the, Ra- the Ravens. The two I feel strong on, the Ravens and Niners are my two best right now. Okay. I meant other than me, I'm saying the Washington uh, one, you were far more convinced than myself. But but I, I, I like all these, so uh, we'll talk backstage, and hopefully uh, we got to go 5-0. and oh, There's no messing around. No, no, no. There's no choice. Absolutely no choice to mess around anyway. So um, I don't have much for your list. I'm uh, halfway through homecoming. I, I'm very much enjoying that. I don't want to know anything because I still don't know quite what's going on. Really like that. Um, uh, not much. Has Has Julia Roberts had the species change uh, operation yet? Um, no, I believe that's in the next one coming up. But uh, okay, no, I don't want to no, give it away. But I won't tell you what species she gets turned into. But it's it's cool. Okay, nice. Uh, that'll be spoiler alert. But um, yeah. what, you got anything going on? Uh, like I said, I, I'm traveling. I'm not traveling, but I got different houses to hit here, pleasing different families, different Christmas deals here. Um, you got anything to talk about politically or anything before we head out? I have this idea, and it's kind of obvious. I, I tweeted it out, so I, after I wrote it, I was like, this is kind of obvious. But you know, people give to charities this time of year, but then you go and shop on Amazon for like the absolute cheapest price for the new TV or the new whatever the hell you want, blender or the new anything. Instead of donating to charities that are often remote from your where you live and opaque and who knows how much goes to the administration and actually gets to the intended recipients, why not just instead of buying from Amazon or even you know any sort of online megastore, uh, but especially Amazon, just buy from your local shop and spend twenty bucks more on the same product. You know you're buying a TV. Um, well, there's hardly any local TV shops. <laughs> it's like Best Buy is the alternative, but TV is yeah. probably not a good example. But you're buying cutting board or a, you know, something nice that you know for a gift, and forty eight bucks locally at the store, and it's twenty six bucks on Amazon next day delivery, and you're like, you know what? That's actually a pretty big markup, but you know, whatever. It's ten dollars difference, let's say, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna lose ten dollars to that store in my neighborhood get some business. That's my, I'm not, I'm instead of donating to charity. I'm going to contribute to my local hood by supporting a local place. And, and I'm just trying to do that. I mean, here it's a little bit easier because like where you live in the suburbs or whatever, like there's no local, it's all just there's some, probably some restaurants, but it's just like malls, mall shops and stuff. But you know, in cities there's like local places. Like we have a little shop that sells cookware. Like it's kind of expensive and I could probably get cheaper on Amazon, but you know what? Let's just go to this guy. The guys are super nice. Heather gave this guy a leftover piece of pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. They don't have pumpkin pie here because they don't have Thanksgiving. And he was like so appreciative. He thought it was like the greatest thing ever. And we buy stuff from him. And yeah, it's a few bucks more than it would be if we got it online. But I, I'm glad that store exists. It makes my neighborhood nice. Sasha takes drum lessons. We're going to get her those elect- electronic headphone. Couldn't get her real drums. We would get kicked out, get evicted and drive ourselves crazy. But those like, you know, those digital drums that you put headphones on, might get her some of those. And instead of getting them again, like on Amazon, see if at the music school that she takes lessons at that they sell though, pay 30 bucks more. I mean, just support the place. We're so price driven when we shop and we're not, we're not really looking at the other factors. Like, do we want to actually have shops in our neighborhood that you can walk to and browse the stuff? Do you want everything to just be online? And I, I actually don't. I'm glad there's shops and different things in my neighborhood like that, little local places, little small businesses. So that's just something I was thinking of. Instead of giving to charity, 
Just take the loss, take that money and spend it on your own community. Yeah, it's funny. So I actually did just have a TV delivered um, over the weekend. I got a TV and it, I don't know if that's better or worse than going to Best Buy, but I think TVs, you have limited options, but it's obviously convenience. Um, me personally, I don't have a ton of options like say in LA or, or where, you, where you live now even, but for like niche stores or something. But I, I do agree with you and I go to my local for, farmer's market and anytime I'm traveling, I, I definitely search for local restaurants. I never go to a chain or anything like that. But I, I mean, I don't think this is news for for you, but it is all headed online and only more so, man. I mean, it's if you want, you don't have to leave your house for anything. Razors, I mean, shopping for food. I mean, it's it's all comes to you now. I mean, it's that's just the way this is headed, Liz. Well, no, it's not. It is headed. That's a choice. I think this is a fundamental problem with people's understanding about technology. But, oh, it's driverless cars. I mean, it's coming, man. Nothing you can do. The Internet of Things. You're going to have a fridge that knows when to order more food. You're going to have a this. You're going to have that. No, we're not. Not unless we choose to have that. Why do I want my fridge connecting to the Internet and everyone knows what kind of foods I'm eating? You know, what, you know, what I ate yesterday. Yeah, Google Glass was the next big thing, but we chose not. It's actually just an article. Right. But that's until right. we chose for it not to be the next big thing. So that's actually a perfect example, and I just came across that, an article about that. That is a good example. That is a good example. That's exactly right. Nobody wanted that. People are like, this shit's creepy, man. I don't want you recording me on video while we're having conversation. It's just weird. And so nobody wanted it. And I, I think like driverless cars, you know, I've made this point before, but it's like driverless cars getting way fewer accidents than human driven cars because they don't make the, you know, they don't get tired. They're not, they don't get drunk. You know, they don't get distracted. But the difference is when a human Two things. One, when a human gets into a crash, there's usually skid marks. <laughs> he tries to brake. When the driverless car malfunctions, they may not slow down. And two, the, the amount of car crashes every year is roughly the same, give or take a few percent. I mean, I guess better brakes and better, you know, certain things would probably make it easier, better handling. But it's a small percentage every year. We kind of know the risk. Driverless cars will be like no crashes ever for like 10 years and someone's going to hack and like going to crash everybody at once and a million people could die. You know what I mean? When you, have a, when you have like a central point of failure, it's, you know, on one level it's way safer, but on another level there's like this whole other added systemic risk. So I'm not saying that would, would necessarily happen, but it's just a different kind of risk. I just think that the sort of well, automated... Yeah. It's funny. I just did send you this Wired article. It's just really funny. So when Google ultimately retired Glass, it was in reaction to an important act of line drawing. It was an admission of defeat, not by design, but by culture. It's essentially what you're saying we should do. That's right. I'm just saying that, like, I'm not, you know, look, what, what I think is not, you know, other people may disagree. And then if enough people disagree, then that's how it's going to be. Although there's an Asim Taleb uh, point he makes that a very entrenched minority can actually makes the rules on a lot of things. Like, for example, he said he was at some uh, Orthodox Jewish gathering, or there's some Orthodox Jewish friends of his that came to some gathering, and they were drinking the lemonade, and he was like, well, are you sure, can you drink this? I thought you only drank kosher. And they're like, oh, the lemonade's kosher. Look at the little symbol on the, on the lemonade carton. And then he realized, like, well, oh, yeah, it's just much easier for the lemonade company, instead of to, like, make a separate line for 1% of the people or less that is kosher, they just make it kosher for everybody because people who don't eat kosher don't care if it's kosher. It's not going to bother them. So the minority right. wins. They get it their way because the majority doesn't care. And I think like sometimes if a minority is like, no, I will not get, get the fuck out of my house with those Google Glass. You know, even if half the people don't mind, 
it's going to go away. You know, even if 70% of the people don't mind, it's going to go away because the intolerant minority is going to be like, no, you know? So I do agree that like, I, I do think that it's not even the majority, but the point is that if, you know, if enough people, if, if, few, if, if not enough people object, then we will have all these things. It will be a big sit in your house and order everything and there's no stores to go to to walk through a bookstore and pick up the books and browse them or any of that stuff. But it is a choice. I'm just trying to say it's a choice. You, you don't, yeah. it's not inevitable. And, and I think a lot of, two things, a lot of technology companies and technology talk makes you feel like, oh, it's inevitable. This is the future without saying, well, this is a future, but we don't have to go for this. It's not necessary for us. So we have a choice what we want and what we don't want. And we'll see. And it's actually very similar to a lot of the neoliberal policies politically. They're like, oh, the market just says that we had to move these jobs out of your town. And the market just says that, you know, the hub has to be in Denver and we're no longer flying. It's very hard to get to, you know, smaller cities. And no, it's not the market that said that shit. You said that shit. You made choices. All of these things are choices. And I think this is very important to keep in mind that, you know, we're going to choose the future. Don't just go with the flow like it's just an inevitable thing. Okay, so I totally understand. Let me take this a little bit more micro uh, personally. Um, well, Steve Jobs wrote like a, a, an awesome thing on, um, I believe on his, on his deathbed, talking about the most important things in life. And he mentioned sleep and diet. And he, I think the number one thing was sunlight um, was on his list. And it's something that I'm guilty of not getting nearly enough of staying indoors. I work from home, watch a lot of TV. I, I even keep the blinds uh, often shut far too much, my, my wife tells me. And uh, I don't like leave, leave. I mean, it's so simple to order everything on Amazon. It is so, so simple. And um, I hear everything you are saying. And I do like the idea, especially like, you know, the locally, the local mom and pop shops. But I, I would counter that people are kind of the worst also, though. I, I don't really love interacting with people these days. Just, just I mean, I, I don't enjoy it often. Just people in general. Like what? What would your what would your counter be to just interacting with, you know, traffic and people always in a hurry and just rudeness in today? Or is that just me being an old man? No, I, I think well, there's like many different layers to that. But one of like why are you living in a place where, and this is why I hate L.A. is where it's like a pain in the ass. I got to get in the car, I got to drive through traffic, I got to find a parking spot. You know, I got to like go into the shitty strip mall area into the shop. I got to go back to my car. You know, it's like, it's, it's, you're just not happy doing the normal things that you do. Whereas in Lisbon, I walk down the stairs, I walk down the street. It's a beautiful day. There's trees, there's people walking around. It's cobblestone streets. And you know, the architecture is not that nice here. Some of the old buildings are, but it's just okay. But it's just pleasant. I'm walking down the street on a beautiful day in the middle of a nice European city. And I feel good walking around. And if I have to do an errand and I'm not rushed or have work to do, take my time. I don't mind. It's pleasant, perfectly fine. So one of the things is where do you live? Why are you, why are you miserable going somewhere? That's, that's shouldn't, that's bad Two, What's the issue with dealing with other people? Like I'm dealing with it in another language sometimes. So I'm like stumbling (laughs) in Portuguese. Imagine that. I don't know what's, you know, when I go back to the U S I'm like, Oh yeah, I can just speak to these people. It's amazing. I can be like, Hey, do you have this part? Do you have this thing? Do you have this? I need this. Can you help me with that? It's like, I can just say exactly what I need. It's like, what a relief. It's so hard in Portugal yeah. to muster the courage to like, in like broken Portuguese, like try to explain something to these people. But, you know, is, is that something in you? Are you not comfortable with yourself? Do you not feel confident? I mean, what's the, what's the problem dealing with people? 
I was mostly making a joke to counter the convenience of not having to deal with people and have it delivered directly to you. And that is interesting. You do say it is all perspective. Well, sure, coming here to America would certainly be nice if they understand what you're saying when you're coming from a place that they don't. But I was mostly trying to be humorous in the sense of uh, it's so simple, the, the, the counter these days with a touch yeah. of, a, of a finger. No, but, but I think, but, I, I I think there is a thing think, where people think, want to avoid human interaction that it's like – there's something like a little uncomfortable about it. I think there is like a thing about that. You're on your internet, you're on Twitter, the keyboard. Like, I don't think people like to I have that really. I just, I don't really have it. I just, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's certainly where you live would, would be an advantage if you live closer to an area in which is better to for scenery or to walk around and all that does matter. And, and um, I hear you listen. That, that is another problem. Sure. People do not even want to, be socially as a crutch hiding have behind, you ever behind. have you ever not that i have I just not that i've ever done this necessarily but have you ever taken too many mushrooms and then like you're in your building in new york and you just can't get by the doorman you know you just can't you can't face <laughs> you can't face that interaction it's too stressful not that i've ever done that not that i've ever been in that situation but you know i think people are not totally like that but in their lives it's just like the awkwardness of the interaction is just stressful to people. You know, it's not, it doesn't rise to that level where you're literally trapped. Yeah. Oh my, if someone comes in the elevator and you ate too many mushrooms, it's just, it's just too hard to, uh, it's too hard to bear the silence of the 20 floors that you're going down. You know, again, not that I've ever been in that situation, but, yeah, uh, no. but I'm saying, I think there's some people that their actual life is a little bit like that. And I can understand. I mean, when you haven't been interacting a lot, you know, you kind of get out of practice, but, is that good? I mean, I don't think that's a good future where we're all in these no, little bubbles no. in our cars and no. our computers and interacting with people is weird because we're not used to it anymore. And it's good to mix with people and go out and about, right? It is. I mean, I, I do not have that crippling anxiety, as you say. And that it would be really nice to be able to have to avoid that if you can. But at the same time, the, the best way to overcome that is to actually have to face it. So, yeah, that's not the greatest society that it, it is all headed to everyone just staying in their own rooms I, I don't know 20 years from now it's all going to be very different i was just thinking of the different childhood uh, you know my mom tv was invented um when i was young i remember getting my first nintendo and playing on a really small tv and the aforementioned tv that i just had delivered to my house for my one and a half year old son i'm like jesus like how how lucky and spoiled are you wait why are you, um, so, you yeah, got mason a tv why would you give him a tv <laughs> I didn't get him, but I mean, he's going to sees it in our house. I mean, I mean, it's in the living room is what I'm saying. Compared oh, to you're just saying like side. what he's going to remember is his childhood yeah, TV. He's going to be. Exactly. Compared to mine and then compared to I just one generation him. of my mom. I thought you were getting no, 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 him. No, no, no. He TV. did not have. <laughs> I, I literally. I not this, is, this is how little. This is. I mean, I, I apologize for how little respect I have for you. I actually thought it from what you said that you were devoting a tv to your one and a half year old yeah, like, oh, yeah. he needs well i mean he needs a screen time so i got him a new 65 right, exactly. inch lg so um so yeah new lg so anyway i my point is that things are going to be very very different for it was it was uh as all generations are but man the leaps here have been quite quite extreme lately right i'm just saying we do have a choice that's all i'm saying you have a choice of where you spend your money and I was going to say, like, you vote every four yeah, years or yeah. two years, and you got that sticker that says, I voted. And that's like propaganda because you get complacent. Oh, I voted. I did my job. Okay, I can go back to playing video games and smoking weed all day because I voted. You know, I did my thing. It's like, no, every day you vote. Every time you buy that packaged mm -hmm. food versus the farmer's market, every time you go to the local place versus Amazon, you're voting every single day for the future, every moment. And I really believe that, like, huge beneficial change – will come when everybody is conscientious 
about, okay, what choices am I making? What, how can I make small choices every day that change things for the better rather than just being on default because of convenience or price? And as I said, you know, I, instead of donating to some random charity, donate if you can by just going to your local shop and being like, you know what, I'm going to support this business. These guys are starting a business. I mean, don't buy something you don't want, but like if it's cool stuff, like, you know, and, and you normally think, ah, I don't want to pay for that. Just be like, all right, I probably overpaid by 10 bucks, but you know what, that's, I, I'm donating to the community. I'm contributing to this, to my own neighborhood, basically. Like it lists, small choices lead to a better future. Uh, I, will, I will attempt this myself, man. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, I'm attempting it too. I'm still trying to get rid of Amazon. It's, it's not that easy. All right, yeah, man. Well, I'm not going to take it as far as you. I mean, you're, you're, boy, you are a tough one. It's tough to, to reach your heights. I mean, you deleted your Facebook and you're only eating artisanal uh, specialty places. It's, it's tough, but, I, but small steps, dude. I hear you. I, and I, I wouldn't say I'm because... only eating in artisanal specialty places, but no, I, I do cook a bunch and I did delete my Facebook. And uh, a couple more things. I know probably people are sick of this pot already, but get rid of Google, DuckDuckGo. They don't track you. Obviously, if you can, delete your Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, you can get rid of. You can get Signal. It's totally encrypted. They're not uh, spying on you and sending you ads. And if you, you want to get rid of Google Chrome, get rid of Chrome and you can get rid of you know Microsoft Explorer. I don't know if anyone even uses that and replace it with Brave and Firefox. Those are the two. I didn't know Firefox was any different than Chrome when it came to that. I had no clue. And I've actually was debating using that. I was having problems with Chrome and I had to uninstall it so it would save my passwords. And it's actually fascinating. And if I had seen that one, if you had done that tweet a week earlier, it would have saved hours of my life probably. But, so there's a difference in privacy issues with Firefox? Firefox is way, they don't track. They're not part of Google. It's, uh, you, you can go and research it. I don't know all the details, but I remember they, they also were like, you can do this on your settings. They showed you how to, they have this whole like digital cleaning protocol when you sign up, when you download it. They'll be like, you can turn these things off, block ads, not be tracked. It's much better than, than Chrome. I mean, Chrome is a really right, good browser. Um, don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not saying the product's bad, but yeah. you're the product. And I think, um, again, small things are going to make a big difference once we just say no. You're not going to wait for the government to fix this. You've got to fix it yourself. All right. Good stuff. Let's, you better get out of here before this gets on too, even, even exactly. longer than it has exactly. been already. All right, man. Let's do it. Five and oh. All right. Later, let's.